complexity in life, the only lasting family, and an unnamed guest singer. It's all on the Rhyme and Reason podcast, episode 179. Hey there, Tony here, and it is the episode 179 of uh, the Rhyme and Reason podcast. I'm really, really, and let me emphasize that one more time, really glad you're there for uh, this episode because I've got a special unnamed guest singer today and uh, in this episode, and I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll get a kick out of it. I can't say the name of the special guest, and I won't be saying the name of the special guest even after the episode has run or at the end of uh, the talk or the rhymes or the reasons. I'm not going to say the name. If you want to find out why, you can contact me personally, Tony at TonyFunderberg.com. But uh, it's really not that big a deal. I just think you'll get a kick out of this uh, special song today. But I'm going to get back into the, the reason on the Rhyme and Reason podcast this week. The reason is complexity in life. Have you ever noticed it? The complexity in life? Have you ever wondered how the complexity in life could have gotten that way? It's, it is complex, you know? I mean, if things started out so simply, as evolutionists would have us believe, but how did it get so complex? And if you haven't wondered about it, I can tell you that plenty of people have, including scientists and philosophers and atheists and Of course, those of us who believe in the one true living, loving God of creation. Of course, we believe. Um, One noted and boldly affirmed atheist, by the way, Richard Dawkins, had this to say about life. And this is quoting him. Biology is the study of complicated things that give the appearance of having been designed for a purpose. (laughs) Gosh, that's weird coming from an atheist. And that's in his book, The Blind Watchmaker, it's on page one. Um, He's not alone in acknowledging at least the appearance of design, and plenty of Darwinian scientists uh, agree with that much. After all, they they have powerful microscopes, and they can see a complex design doing amazing things inside even a single cell. However, most Darwinian scientists say no to the complexity of life affirming a designer. They stop at that point. And you know what? That's just a matter of ignoring where the evidence appears to take you and then going. But they would rather go instead where you'd prefer the answer to be, where they'd prefer it to be anyway. That's, uh, that's not science, by the way. It's a religion. It requires faith and mostly a blind adherence to that faith. For example, to say even a single cell could have emerged from proteins, even if the whole world was full of proteins at the beginning, back when they say it was all molten goo, uh, to say that a single cell could have emerged from all that is just to ignore how each cell in your body is, I'm going to quote Walt Brown, Dr. Walt Brown again, it's a member-encased, self-reproducing, self-repairing, metabolizing unit. 
your cell, each cell. Did you realize that? Every part in one single cell had to be there from the beginning in order for the cell to function. Every part. That means it had to be completely assembled at one time by a highly intelligent assembler. It couldn't have worked any other way. It couldn't have. Now, scientists who deny the existence of a creator God have been trying for oh, hundreds of years, if not longer, to show how life could have come from non-life. Yet, they've never been able to demonstrate how even one cell could have formed from proteins without some outside help. At least some. Well, I personally, I'm glad to admit how the complexity of life shows an even more complex creator. Knowing God is there helps me make sense of the world and the solar system and the galaxy and the universe. I, I can only imagine the sense of hopelessness inside the hearts and souls of atheists. You know, that sense of time running down and out. Life coming to an end. A black hole of nothingness in the not-too-distant future. No, thank you. I don't want any part of that kind of thinking. If you've been living your life as though no creator God exists, and I know most of my listeners do believe a creator God exists, but some of you may be new and maybe you're wondering and maybe you think, well, what's this rhyme and reason guy all about? Yeah, I'll give it a listen. Oh, he's talking about God. Well, let's just say that if you've been living your life as, as though he doesn't exist, I just encourage you to look again. And if you can't bear the thought of listening to or reading the words of us Christians, at least be willing to go where the evidence truly leads. And when it gives, as Richard Dawkins says, the appearance of having been designed for a purpose, just stop and ask, hmm, I wonder if it was. And as you wonder, you'll be using one of the strongest pieces of evidence for the complexity in life uh, that there is, coming from an even more complex designer. You know what that uh, strongest piece of evidence is? It's your brain. Yep. Think about those thoughts, how complex they can be. They're inside your uh, brain. They're in your brain. Do you see what I'm saying? In your brain, thoughts. Uh, well, I I'm, think I'm driving that point uh, into the ground, but I'll move on, and, and I want to talk about, uh, since we're, you know, most of us here, yeah, I'm looking around, you and you and you and you, yep, yep, we're all part of the same family, aren't we? Have you ever thought what it means to be children of God? Well, for one thing, it's the only family that will last forever. If you have trusted Jesus as your yes, that's what Christianity requires. You trust Jesus as your Savior, and it's okay. If you have, then you're my brother or my sister, and we're part of the only family that will last forever. So there's that. But there's so much more to it that it's difficult to even wrap your mind around it. And that's pretty cool because as a child of the one true living, loving creator of the universe, you'll get to spend eternity discovering more and more about your original father. Wow. Eternity. We can spend eternity and not exhaust the 
knowledge that we can dig into of the God who created everything there is. Many, if not most, or all in some way, families are dysfunctional. Is yours? I know mine was. Uh, the simple definition, uh, and I'm talking about the uh, family I grew up in, it was dysfunctional. The simple definition of, a, uh, of dysfunctional is not operating properly. And maybe you can relate. Uh, like I mentioned, as, as little kids, my brother and I had to deal with um, the consequences of my parents' divorce. So I know I sure can relate to a dysfunctional family. When you have to travel a long distance across three states to leave one of your parents and go see your other parent, that's a family not operating properly. Wouldn't you agree? Well, children of God can look forward to an eternity of perfect function. Now, on the surface, that might sound like a cold description, but when you look more closely, it's anything but cold. I've actually heard people say they believe if everything's going to be perfect, then heaven will be boring. Are you kidding me? Uh, to quote a character from the movie, The Princess Bride, I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> Did you see that movie? That was so great. A uh, guy keeps saying, inconceivable, and the, and things kept happening. And so the other guy that's with him says, I do not think that word means what you think it means. That's such a great line. Well, anyway, if something is perfect, then according to the dictionary, and, you know, if you can't trust the Bible, at least you can trust the dictionary, right? I mean, it has um, uh, perfect, it has it described as all the required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics as good as it possibly can be. And another part of the definition is it's free from any flaw or defect in condition or quality. It's faultless. So there, if you can't take God's word for it, like I said, then at least take the dictionary. If something is perfect, it can't be boring or have any other fault. Perfect function in your home in heaven and in your forever family means you'll never have to deal with the destructive dysfunctional issues of life ever again. And on top of that, you'll never have to deal with death and dying and decay. Imagine living forever in a place of perfect love where disease doesn't exist with your heavenly loving Father. You'll be a child of the living God.
cute or what? Yeah, that little girl can sing. And I'll give you a little information, a little background. She was a, a girl in a church where I was the music minister for three years in Denver. And I actually wrote that song specifically for her to sing because I heard her singing and she just would come up to me every Sunday and say I was her favorite singer. And it just, you know, tugged at my heart. So I said, would you like to sing a song that I write and you sing it and I'll record you? And she said, yes. And I said, can I sing with you? And she said, well, sure, you know. So that's what we did. And so we get Child of the Living God from that. And uh, uh, she made me very proud that she did such a good job on it. It was fun. And I'll get back to the message I was talking about. I mean, because there's only one father who can make a home that lasts forever. And, you know, it, it's going to be great to have that little girl who won't necessarily be a little girl, but she'll be a sister of mine forever. That's real, really cool. Now, I, I want you to tell the truth. Wouldn't you rather be one of the children of God instead of wandering around in your own private universe with a population of one? Well, you can be. And all it takes is a little humility, admit that there is a God, you're not Him, and that you trust that He can change your life forever. He can come into your heart and change you. It's really that simple. It's not, it's not rocket science. God made it easy because He based it on love. I mean... Who doesn't want love? And imagine having it forever. That's why I do what I do right here on the Rhyme and Reason podcast, because I want to share the love of God with anyone and everyone who will listen. Thank you again. That does it for the Rhyme and Reason podcast this week, episode 179. And uh, as always, I, I want to ask you to connect with me in any way that you um, have access to. You can get on the uh, com, and you can share the rhymes and reasons. You can also join the Rhyme and Reason Club uh, where you can get free music and a book. You can discover my other ebooks on Amazon.com and Smashwords.com. And because they're on Smashwords.com, they get syndicated onto iTunes. And I haven't done all my books, but there's a few on there on iTunes. And uh, that's where you can also subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already subscribed. Might as well make it easy on yourself if you listen to this. Go ahead and have it delivered without having to go look for it. You can also find it on Google Play and Acast. And I discovered that you can find me on player.fm. The feed is on there if that's something that you use. So um, LinkedIn is my branding work page. Um, well, anyway, that's where you can connect with me. Google+, Plus, you can circle me. You can follow me on Twitter. Watch my videos on YouTube and find me on Facebook. And I'd love to connect with you in all those ways possible. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Let me know if there's uh, something you'd like me to talk about. And I'll be glad to think it over and, and see if it fits in. So until next time, this is Tony saying, may God bless you and keep you. There's a rhyme